Yesterday, somebody from the shul texted me a very, very interesting question that had to do with a law that went into effect on August 1st. I was not aware of it until he texted me, and I'm grateful to him for bringing it to my attention. So yesterday's headlines were, the U.S. bans incandescent light bulbs. Here's what you need to know. And it goes through a whole discussion about how this came to be and what the whole background of this law was. But basically, the bottom line is that starting August 1st, which was just a couple of days ago, um, we are no, yes, yesterday, thank you, we are no longer allowed to sell or manufacture incandescent bulbs. The law does have a clause that if you have incandescent bulbs in your home that are already being used, you don't have to get rid of them. You're allowed to continue to use them. However, they will not be sold, they will not be manufactured in the United States. Why is that relevant to us? This person was pointing out that it's relevant to us because what are we going to do about Hadlakot Sneiro Shabbos when we go to a hotel for Shabbos? This is a very important question, and it's something that really needs a little bit of attention. Now, for now, you may still have an incandescent bulb that was manufactured before the law, and there's no problem for you to continue to use it. Problem is going to be in a year from now, or five years from now, when we use up all the bulbs that we have, what are we going to do then? And I think this is a really great question. Let's use this as an opportunity to back up a little bit and talk about the general issue of Adlakas Neira Shabbos. Let's try to figure out how electric, electric lights fit into the puzzle and whether or not this is in fact something that we need to be concerned about. The first question that you always need to ask whenever you discuss any shaila, any sugya in halacha is, are we dealing with a dinda araisa? Are we dealing with a dinda rabbana? That is the first question you always need to worry about. The minority opinion in the Rishonim is that the mitzvah of Hadlakas Neira Shabbos is a mitzvah mida araisa. But the Rambam is unequivocally clear that this is only a mitzvah mida rabbanan. The Rambam says, Shu bahem midivrei sofrim. The Rambam says we only have a rabbinic obligation to go ahead and do this mitzvah, but still, it's still a mitzvah mida rabbanan, and it's something that, as we know, has been a very exciting mitzvah, particularly for the women, and we'll see in a couple of minutes why that is. Every dinder rabbanan, if you assume it's a dinder rabbanan, Every Dinder Rabbanan requires a good rationale, a good reason why it was instituted. A Dinder Araisa does not require that. We have Chukim. We have plenty of mitzvahs where we don't fully understand what they're all about. We don't know why HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us to do this or not to do that for everything. When it comes to a Dinder Rabbanan, the only way that the Chachamim were able to institute something is if there was a good reason for them to have an impetus to do so. So what is the reason that is given for the mitzvah de Rabbanon of Hadlakas Neir Shabbos. The Gemara Mesech Shabbos, Tav Chav Gimel, tells us that the reason why is because of Shalom Bayis. What does Shalom Bayis mean? Shalom Bayis, Rashi writes, means not that I should get along with my spouse. That's the usual way that we use Shalom Bayis. Shalom Bayis, Rashi says, means what kind of house is that going to be if there's no lights in the house? Rashi's Lashon is, B'nei Beiso Mitzdarin Leishe Bachoshech. Nobody enjoys sitting with no light. Nobody has an enjoyable time sitting in that kind of atmosphere. And therefore, Rashi says, Mishum Shalom is that the atmosphere of my home should be one which is positive and that we should all enjoy being together. That will only happen if I have lights that are lit. Rashi writes in another place, Shalom Bayis also means that if I'm not going to have lights in my house, I'm going to trip over the furniture. I'm going to be tripping over the chairs. And therefore, says Rashi, this is all part of the idea of why we have this institution of Halakas Neir Shabbos because of this idea of Shalom Bayis. That is reason number one that's given in the Gemara. Secondly, we have this reason, which the Mishnah writes in Masech Shabbos, of Kavod Shabbos. And the third reason that the Ramam says is the objective of lighting the Shabbos candles is because of Oneg Shabbos. Now, what is the difference between Kavod Shabbos and Oneg Shabbos? They sound like a very similar thing. 
But what is the difference? The Vilna Gon writes that perhaps the distinction between the two is Kavod Shabbos is everything that you do in anticipation of Shabbos, in preparation for Shabbos. So mopping the floors and vacuuming the house and cleaning up and setting the table, that is all Kavod Shabbos. Oneg Shabbos is the enjoyment that I have on Shabbos itself. That would all be under the category of Oneg Shabbos. So eating the Shabbos meal and enjoying all the different things that I do would all be Oneg Shabbos. Is there an Afgamina? Is there a practical distinction between, let's say, the reason is because of Shalom Bayis or because of uh, Kabbat or Onek Shabbos? There are some Nafkaminas which are very interesting. The Gemara actually says, let's say you have a very unusual case. Somebody has limited funds. I only have $5. And I can either use it to buy Kiddush for Shabbos or I can use it to buy candles for Shabbos. Which one should I buy? Now, it's an unusual case. We don't usually have that scenario, but the Gemara wants to know what happens if we're confronted with that situation. Says the Gemara, Nero Shabbos take precedence over the wine for Shabbos. Why? Mishum Shalom Bayis. Because without the candles lighting up my home, the whole atmosphere of Shabbos is going to be ruined. If I don't make Kiddush, okay, I won't make Kiddush. I'm not Mekai in the midst of Kiddush, but at least I'll have an enjoyable Shabbos. If I'm not going to have lights in my home on Shabbos, that is considered to be something that is very upsetting. So, if you say it's Mishum Shalom Bayis, the Mishnah Brewer writes that maybe there's room to argue that you don't only have to light the candles in the dining room where you're going to be eating. Maybe you should also light candles in every single room that you're going to be using. If the concern is that I'm going to be tripping over the furniture and I'm not going to be able to see where I'm going, then I should light candles everywhere around the house. But if it's only because of Kavod or Onik Shabbos, I have to do something to show that I'm honoring the Shabbos. Okay, that's a very interesting uh, discussion, but the Mishnah Brewer says... Maybe there's room to argue that that would be something we should think about. There are times where a particular number is important when we fulfill a given mitzvah. For example, we know on Lel HaSeder you're supposed to have four cups of wine. We know on Hanukkah you're supposed to have a certain specific number of candles. What's the halacha when it comes to lighting candles, Mishum Kavod Shabbos? Is there a specific number that you're supposed to have? How many candles am I supposed to light? It's a very interesting question. So the Mishnabura does right in the Bir HaLacha, Iker HaChiv Huner Echad. All you need to do when you light Shabbos candles, if all you have is one, you've done the mitzvah of Neir Shabbos, of, of Neir Shabbos. Why? Because if the point of Neir Shabbos is to make sure my house is lit up, so long as I light one candle, I have now fulfilled the mitzvah of Kavod Shabbos, I fulfilled the mitzvah of Oneg Shabbos, and I'm not going to trip over the furniture because I can see. Will I be able to see more if I have more candles? Yes. But one is good enough. Says the Mishnah that would be okay. Along comes the Shibali Aleket, who's quoted by the Shulchan Aruch, the Mechaber quotes the Shibali Aleket, and he says, there are those who light two candles because it reminds us of Zachar V'Shamar. As we know, on Shabbos there was a Lecha Mishneh, there was a double portion. As we know, the Torah says Zachar V'Shamar. As the Rajba writes, there were also Shnei Kivasim B'nei Shana Tamimim that were brought as Karbanas on Shabbos. And therefore, he says, because of all of this, some have the practice that they light two candles. Okay, nice minhag because of Zachar V'Shamar. Then it goes a little bit further. And the Berhetev quotes that the Arizal said that everybody should light seven candles. What's seven candles all about? Says the Arizal because we have seven days of the week. And Shabbos is the culmination of the week. And therefore we say that to honor all the different days of the week and Shabbos being Berosham, we should light seven different candles. The Mishnah then quotes from the Shalah Kaddish, maybe we should light ten candles for the Aserah Sadibros. Okay, all different kinds of Menhagim. Nahara, Naharu, Pashte means whatever Minhag you have is wonderful and it's all great. And there are many who have the minhag that they light based on the amount of children that they have. And that's also something that is quoted by the postkim. It's something that's a very interesting source for that. 
But be it as it may, we have different people who have different customs about how many candles they're supposed to light. The Shemir Shabbos Kelchasa does point out an interesting idea, and this is a question I get all the time. If, let's say, when I'm home, I have the minute to light six candles, or when I'm home, I have the minute to light uh, ten candles, whatever, however many children I have, or Zachar Vashamar, or seven days of the week, or Saras Hadibros, whatever I'm doing, whatever I do at home, what about when I go away for Shabbos? I have to make the person you know, go out of their way to set up 10 candles for me? Or would you say, no, that's limited to my house. That's what I do at home. But when I go visit someone else, I don't have an obligation to do that. Says the Shemir Shabbos, no. The understanding is when a woman takes upon herself to light however many candles she's going to light, the assumption was she was just going to do that in the comforts of her own home. When you're going to impose on somebody else, you go back to the minimum, you go back to the basics, and either you light one, like the Bir Alecha says, one is good enough, or you light two, Zechav Shamar, that's standard, but you don't have to do what you normally would do. Now, many women are very, very afraid of the knas that is spoken about in the postkim for somebody who forgets to light Shabbos candles. This is a very interesting halacha. We don't find that if somebody forgets to put on tefillin one day, that we say, we're going to knas you, we're going to penalize you, and then tomorrow, and for the rest of your life, you have to put on tefillin twice. We don't say that. And we don't say that if somebody forgets to light Hanukkah candles, then you have to go and light Hanukkah candles that are larger than the ones you otherwise would light. We don't have such a halacha. We don't have it anywhere. If you forget to shake lulav, we don't tell you the next year to shake lulav twice every day. So here, it's very unusual. The Maharil, who's the father of Chachmei Ashkenaz, he's quoted in the Ramah, listen to the Maharil, and he tells a story. Nishal bas achos Mahari segel. My niece asked me a question. What was the question, says the Maharil? The question was, there was a woman, shashakcha, a woman was too busy on Friday afternoon, forgot all about it, and didn't light the Nehra Shabbos. What did the Maharil tell her? He told her, She has to add on to the candle every week. Now, the Maharil writes, she should just use a larger wax candle. If she used to use the ones that burn for four hours, next year's, next from going forward, next Shabbos, she should light candles that have five hours that they're going to last. That's what the Mahariel says. Why do you say that? Because candles were expensive. And he was living at a time when people didn't have money. They couldn't afford another candle. So he said, add a little wax. That's good enough. And then he says, this is the part that nobody talks about. Next time there's a Tainus, Tainus Tibur, that everyone's fasting, and we're going to say, Avinu Malkeinu, and we're going to say, Ashamnu Bagadnu, the woman should come to shul and she should sit, use this as an opportunity to be misvade for forgetting to light the Shabbos candles. Amazing. That's what the Mahariel writes. Not only that, if she wants to take upon herself that she should fast because of this terrible mistake that she made, that's what the Mahariel writes. There are more quotes, the first half of this, and he says, if a woman forgets to light candles, we penalize her and we say, moving forward, she has to light an extra candle. From my experience, not my personal family experience, my wife has not forgotten to light candles, but from my experience dealing with members of our community who have forgotten to light Shabbos candles for whatever reason, this is a very traumatizing thing to tell a woman, correct? To tell a woman you're going to have to light an extra candle for the rest of your life is something that is very hurtful and is something very hard for her to swallow. So what's interesting here is that What's interesting here is, number one, the Mishnabura writes as follows. Um, Mishnabura says, What if she forgets a second time? Not the next week. Five months later. 
Says the Mishnah Bura, not only do you have to light one candle extra next time, you have to start lighting two candles extra every time. And the same will be, says the Mishnah Bura, moving forward. Va'alkein, imnensa velohilika kagon shahaisa bebeisa asurim. Let's say you have a woman who it's of no fault of her own that she didn't light the candles. Not that she just forgot about it, but she was locked up in a place, she got in a traffic jam, she showed up after Shabbos began. Whatever it is, she's unable to make it back to light candles. Ain't Sarah says the Mishnah Bura. A, p- a penalty only applies when somebody was at fault for not being able to do something. But here, why would you give somebody a penalty if there was a traffic jam and I got stuck and I wasn't able to get home in time to light candles? That's not something that was my fault. And therefore, the Mishnah Bura says there would be no problem. There's a sefer on Hilchah Shabbos called the Archa Shabbos, which is a really wonderful, amazing sefer on all the malachas of Shabbos. And he has a discussion about Neira Shabbos as well. And in the Sefer Archa Shabbos, he has a lot of chumras in there, but in the Sefer Archa Shabbos here, he writes a big kula. And he says, He says, the truth is, this whole penalty that we give a woman for not lighting Shabbos candles properly is a very unusual thing. After all, The Gemara doesn't mention it. None of the Rishonim talk about it. The Maharil in Chachmei Ashkenaz in Germany mentions this idea that his niece came to him and forgot to light candles, so he tells her, we're going to enforce a penalty onto you. He says, If you don't sit in sukkah, if you don't shake the lulav, if you don't uh, do whatever you're supposed to do, we don't put a penalty on you. So where does this come from that suddenly we have a penalty? So he says the whole idea is very interesting in the first place. And therefore his bottom line is, Whenever we're not sure whether or not you really should penalize the person, is it really your fault, is it not your fault? We're going to err on the side of caution and we're not going to tell the woman that she has to follow this penalty when we're not exactly sure. After all, he says, this is not so well documented. This is not something that you have to be, um, you know, that we don't find by any other mitzvah. And therefore, he says that we don't have to be so upset about it. And if we ever have a suffix. Now, I, I have told women who I feel when they've asked me, again, you have to know the person. It's, you can't say a blanket rule. But I remember there was a woman who once came to me and she was absolutely devastated. She forgot to light Shabbos candles. She really forgot. It wasn't that she was stuck. She just forgot all about it. And she was so uh, overwhelmed by the thought of having to light an extra candle moving forward. I felt, you know, like the Archa Shabbos writes, this whole thing is from the Maharil, quoted by the Ramah. I'm not saying we should not follow the Minhagim, and I'm not saying we shouldn't respect it. But when you see that somebody is so overwhelmed by it and, and is not going to be able to handle this idea of being of being most of a candle for the subsequent weeks is what to think about. This is not a halacha l'moshe misinai. It's not a dinda araisa. It's not a dinda rabbanan. It's something that came along much later on in history that the Ramah does quote as a very important minog. But still, you find in the poskim many, many situations where they say you don't have to light the extra penalty candle. And I'm going to give you a few examples of why we could be mekel. Here's a very interesting case that the Shemir Shabbos Gilchasa writes. What happens if I have a balas chuva? Her whole life, she never lit Shabbos candles because she never knew about Shabbos. Now you're going to tell her she has to go back, rewind the clock, calculate how many Shabbos she wasn't observing, how many times she didn't light Shabbos candles? He says, no, that's ridiculous. Why? He says, because she wasn't Mizalzel in Nehra Shabbos. She wasn't Mizalzel in Nehra Shabbos. She was not keeping Shabbos at all. You had nothing against Nehra Shabbos in particular. You just were not aware of the laws of Shabbos in general. And therefore he says... That would be a situation where certainly a woman would not have to take upon herself a knas. You move forward. You start keeping Shabbos now. You start lighting Shabbos candles. And everything is okay. The primigadim 
goes so far as to say, this knas is taken so seriously, says the Primigodim. Let's say I have a woman who usually lights five candles. And this week she makes a mistake, forgets all about it, she's very confused, and she only lights four. He says, we're going to knas you for that extra one that you normally light that this week you didn't light. So that Primigodim is very uh, extreme, but the Bira Alecha says, we do not accept that. And the Lashon of the Bira Alecha is, although... I appreciate the Maharil and the Ramah's concern and this idea that we should have some kind of knas. However, the Bir Alecha says, Havu delo lo The whole thing is just a minhag. It's not a dindar raisa. It's not a dindar abanan. Let's not add on to it more than it already exists. The halacha is if somebody forgets to light a Shabbos candles, so you make a knas and you add an extra candle. If somebody forgets to light the extra one candle that they light, you know, every week they light five, instead they lit four, Says the Mishnah Brewer, let's not push it. Let's not make it any more extreme than it needs to be. And therefore the Mishnah Brewer says that he would not be, um, he would not be concerned. Aside from that, I think this is a very important question to ask. Does this whole knas apply in our scenario today? What's the question? Why shouldn't it apply? The reason why it's a question is because we have electric lights in the house. If the whole reason for having the knas in the first place is because you ruined our Shabbos by not lighting the candles. Now we sat in the dark. We were tripping over the furniture. Now that we have electric lights on, maybe the whole knas shouldn't apply. Why? Because why should you be penalized? Okay, you forgot to light the Shabbos candles, but in the end of the day, the family didn't suffer as a result. So is that something that really applies, Bizman Hazeh, or not? This is a big discussion in the contemporary uh, postgame. The Tzitz Eliezer and others are very, very strong in their opinion that Shabbos candles add a lot of value to the house, even if there are electric lights on, and therefore he says... That if a woman forgets to light Shabbos candles, it's as if it's not Shabbos. Like the family's going to come to the table, they're not going to see the Shabbos candles, everyone's going to know this is a terrible desecration of Shabbos, what a mistake. And therefore he says, even if the electric lights are on, we're going to say she has to um, accept upon herself the knas moving forward. There are others who disagree. Rabbi Vadi Yosef writes in a tshuva that he thinks this is not reasonable, that a woman has to take the knas upon herself in our situation today. After all, says Rabbi Vadia, we're dealing with a scenario where everybody has electric lights in the house. The family doesn't suffer at all. Okay, you didn't light Shabbos candles. Something you should try to remember to do next time. But he says this is not something that we have to knas a person for. I did see in the Sefer of Rib Shmuel Kamenetsky that he writes the same idea, that he feels in today's climate, in today's situation, we do not have to be concerned about the knas anymore so long as there were electric lights on. And that's what my father has told me as well. And as a result of that, I have told women in our community who are very shaken up by this concept of having to light an extra candle moving forward, that of course the Ma'aril is quoted by the Ramah and it's something very important to keep in mind. However, if it's something that's so traumatizing for you or so humiliating to you that your family's going to notice and they're all going to talk about it, you can rely on those opinions that say that the whole knas may not apply today because after all, we have electric lights and therefore we don't have to be concerned. We know that the Rambam writes that for some reason, even though we all have a mitzvah to light Shabbos candles, for some reason it is something that is specific as a mitzvah for the women. Why is that? So the Ramam writes, the reason why is because because a woman is normally found in the house more often than the man. At least that's the way it was then. And therefore the Ramam says, this is not a specific mitzvah that belongs to the woman over the man. Somebody has to light Shabbos candles, but because the woman is involved in the house more than her husband is, therefore we assume that she is the one who should be uh, lighting the Shabbos candles. There is a discussion that the poskim have, what happens if the woman is not home? So who has the schus to light Shabbos candles that week? Not who has the obligation. I like to say who has the schus, who has the opportunity to light the Shabbos candles. Should it be the daughter of the house or should it be the husband of the house? It's a question. 
So that's a big question. The Shmir Shabbos Kachasa writes that the father of the house is the one who should light. Why? Because really it should have been his obligation in the first place. The only reason it was given to his wife is because she's the one who's around. But still, this is the father's obligation and therefore it should be that way. Now, change the case a little bit. What if both parents are away and only the kids are home and you have a boy and a girl? Then what? Whose obligation is it then? So Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach writes, in that case, we revert back to the original. What happens when I have a man and a woman? Who's supposed to light? The woman. So when I have a son and a daughter, who shall light? doesn't matter who's older. The son and the daughter, the daughter shall light. Because then we go back to the original assumption, which is that the women are the ones who are usually supposed to be looking after the Shabbos candles. That being said, the Magen Avram does add an important halacha, and that is that although the man may not light the Shabbos candles, says the Magen Avram, the man should make time on Erev Shabbos to prepare the candles for his wife. And as we know, if you light the wicks beforehand, if you light the wicks beforehand, you are going to have an easier time lighting them later on. So that's the halacha, that a husband's supposed to set up the candles in Erev Shabbos, he should light the wick a little bit, blow it out, so that when his wife comes to light the Shabbos candles, it will be easier for her to do. Now here comes the major problem with electric lights. The problem is that the Shulchan Aruch writes the following. Let's say I have two or three families eating together in one place. Some say that each one should make their own bracha. After all, I'm doing the mitzvah. You're doing the mitzvah. The third person is doing the mitzvah, so each one of us should make our own. Says the Mechaber, some say it doesn't make sense to light and each of us make a bracha after all. Yeah, what's the after all? We have light. If, if three, fa- forget electric lights, the Shulchan Aruch lived before, right? So you have three families eating together around a little table. You don't need everybody's candles. Once one person lights for the bracha, what is it adding if another person's going to light? And therefore he says, not so clear you're allowed to make a bracha when you have a couple of families lighting together, because after all, maybe that would be a bracha levatala because it's just not necessary at all. That's what the Shulchan Aruch discusses. And he says, In the opinion of the Mechaber, which is the way the Svardim assume, we would say that only one, in that scenario, only one of them should make the bracha, as not to cause a bracha levatala. The other women have a right to light, but they shouldn't make their own bracha because... That would potentially be a bracha levatela. The Ramah comes along and he says, Anu The Ramah says, that's not the Ashkenazi practice. Our practice is, even if I have two or three families eating together, each family is going to light their own Shabbos candles, each family is going to make their own bracha, and that is acceptable, and that is what the Ramah says we do, and the Chayyadim quotes that, and all the postkim afterward write the same thing. Now, the problem with that is, problem with that is, that what exactly did the Ramah mean when he said, Anu enogim came? This is a big discussion. See, the Gemara says, you have to light candles at a time when it's actually going to add something significant to the house. Like, can I light candles for Shabbos at three o'clock in the afternoon on Friday? No. Answer is no. Why? Because Shraga Batiya The Gemara says, what's it going to help? All the sunlight is coming in from the windows. These Shabbos candles have no opportunity to do anything special for me at all. So you can't make a bracha on that. You have to make a bracha on the Shabbos candles when they're going to add to the environment of Shabbos by adding light, by having a Tosef So some of the posts can come along and say, when the Ramah said that Minig Ashkenaz is, that even two or three families eating together also like candles, maybe he just means when it's two or three families. What about when I'm in a hotel and I have a hundred women all lighting candles together? So then... Would the Ramah really say that? Would the Ramah say they have a right to make a bracha in a hotel when I have a hundred other people? You're not being most of anything. 
Maybe all the Ramah is saying is, when you have three families, each one of them lights two candles. Six candles is better than two candles. Six candles is better than four candles. So each one can make a bracha. But when you're going to have a hundred people lighting together, you're not adding anything. So did the Ramah really say that in that case also, we're allowed to make a bracha? That's the big discrepancy that is very unclear in what the Ramah says, and it's not really 100% clear what is supposed to be done. So take, for example, a hotel. What is the standard in every Jewish program that you go on when you come to Erev Shabbos? They have a big table set up somewhere in the lobby or somewhere in a little room somewhere, and everybody comes around together and lights the Shabbos candles. Rab Moshe writes, Bimalon becheder laar Says Rab Moshe, you set up these candles, everybody comes around, but nobody's eating there. You're not lighting at your table. It would be a fire hazard. They don't have everybody light at their table. They have one table set up outside in the hallway. He says, nobody's getting any benefit. Nobody's doing anything. You have a hundred people all lighting together. There's smoke all over the place. You can't even sit there if you wanted to. Says Rab Moshe, in his opinion, hareze bracha levatela. A woman who chooses to light Shabbos candles there is doing nothing other than reciting a bracha levatela. And this is something that Ramosha has quoted as saying in multiple sources, a number of his Talmudim say the same thing. When you have a bunch of families that go to a hotel, and they're with their families, and they all eat in a dining room together. So what do you do? Says the Shmir Shabbos Kechasa, of course, you can't light the candles outside because nobody's going to be having any benefit from that. So that doesn't work. Says the Shmir Shabbos, we're in Israel. Everyone's Jewish. The owner of the hotel is a Jew. The manager is a Jew. He understands what Shabbos candles are. So light the candles at your table. And then you get around the problem. That's what he writes. Now, in America, that doesn't work. They don't let you light the candles at the table. In no hotel do they, as far as I understand, they don't allow that. A, A... Adjunct to this discussion is, what do you do about electric lights in general? That's the major question. Forget the hotel. The same question that you have in the hotel with a hundred people lighting together, is that really what the Ramah said, that that's Tosef Forget about the hotel. What about in my house? In my house, every Shabbos, I have electric lights on, which is the equivalent of a hundred people lighting candles. Now that I light the Shabbos candles, what am I adding to the equation? Zero. If I'm adding zero to the equation, how can I make a bracha? How can I make a bracha? What? Okay, but there's no, there's no Tosefis Ora. The Gemara says you have to have Tosefis Ora in order to be able to make a bracha. So how can this be? I light the candles in my house, but I have electric lights on. So what am I supposed to do? This is a very big question that is raised by all of the post of our generation. Every single one. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein talks about it, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky speaks about it, and Rabbi Vad Yosef, and the Shmir Shavs Gelchasa, and Rabbi Nevensal and his Mishnabura. Every single one of the poskim deals with it because this is a new problem that our generation has had to deal with. Now, the answer some people say is, what do you mean? My grandmother always lit Shabbos candles, so I have to do the same. Yeah, but your grandmother didn't have electric lights. So your grandmother's Shaila is not the same as your Shaila. Just because it's true that your grandmother lit Shabbos candles, it doesn't mean that the scenario is going to be the same. What if your grandmother was living today? What would she do now? That's the shy that we need to ask ourselves. So this is a major, major question. Rav Moshe writes, no, you're still allowed to make a bracha when you say, Lahadik Nershal Shabbos. Why? Because you are adding something. What do you mean? The lights are on. I'm not adding anything. Says Rav Moshe, no. We know on the Lower East Side, we have blackouts all the time. And therefore, says Rav Moshe, since the electricity goes out all the time, it's a common... Frequent phenomenon. Therefore, Moshe writes, 
I'm lighting the Shabbos candles because I know that on many Friday nights the candles are gonna the lights are gonna go out and I'm gonna be left with only using the Shabbos candles. Says Ramosha, that's the justification to light Shabbos candles with the lights on. Okay, fast forward fifty five years since that Shuvah was written. We don't have blackouts all the time. So maybe it's an Arab Shabbos when there's a storm outside. Okay, so you can follow Rab Moshe. But now we don't have blackouts all the time. This is not what we expect. So what's the rationale? So how do we light Shabbos candles and make a bracha? Isn't it a bracha levatala? Even according to the Ramah. The Ramah maybe agrees that if you're being Mosef Ora, if you have three families eating together, each one should make their own bracha. That's because six candles is more enjoyable than two candles. But if I have light that is flooding the room, electric lights then how is it that I can make a bracha if it's really not going to be adding anything? Rav Asher Weiss writes in a tshuva that he's, I don't know why, he's very offended by this whole question, and he says there's nothing to discuss, there's no discussion to be had. After all, we've been lighting Shabbos candles for thousands of years, and after all, everybody knows that this is how we do it, and it adds to the ambiance of Shabbos, whether it adds to the light or not, it adds to the ambiance of the table, and therefore that's enough of a justification to light the Shabbos candles. That's what he argues. But there are others who feel very strongly not like him. So this is something that has been raised by many, many of the Gedolim of our generation. And what they suggest, many of them suggest, is the following. Am I allowed to use my electric lights as the Shabbos candles in the first place? Let's say I don't have candles. Can I go turn on the electric lights and make a bracha lahadik nereshal Shabbos? This was a shayla that was raised originally by the Beis Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak Shmelkish, who lived in who lived in Europe before the Holocaust, and he was one of the Gedoli Yisrael at the time. He was one of the Gedoli Yisrael that everybody else quoted. So he wrote a tshuva, the Maharsham, who was one of the Gedolim also, quoted the Beis Yitzchak. Rabbi Chaim Ozer, who wrote the Achiezer, also quoted the Beis Yitzchak. Everybody relied on the Beis Yitzchak to say that we believe electric lights are considered to be the same as fire. That's H. In fact, Rabbi Chaim Ozer said he wanted to show people that electric lights are considered fire. He said people were turning lights on and off on Shabbos because they believe this is not electric. Electricity is not fire. It's nothing to do with each other. Chaim Moser wanted to prove to everyone, no, 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 the light bulb gets hot and therefore it is considered age. That's real Malach on Shabbos and therefore he used to deliberately go out of his way on Matzai Shabbos when we need a nair for Havdalah. He used to go out of his way to use the electric lights for Havdalah. Why? Because he said, I want everyone to see that this is age. And once they realize it's age, they're going to know not to do it on Shabbos. So they believe that this is all considered to be fire the electric lights, and therefore, you'd be allowed to make a bracha on the Havdik Shabbos on an electric bulb that you have in your home. Okay. Based on that, based on that, one second, you're getting fancy. Based on that, along come Rav Moshe Feinstein and Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky and the Shmir Shabbos Kilchasa and Rav Salavechik said the same thing. Everybody said the same and said, here's how we should do it. A woman should light Shabbos candles properly. What's the proper way to light Shabbos candles? Proper way to light Shabbos candles is you go around the house and you turn off the lights before, right before Shabbos. Now you go back and you turn on the lights and you light the Shabbos candles and then you make a bracha. And your bracha is really going on everything you just did. Everything you just did. Why? Because the whole objective of lighting the Shabbos candles is, number one, that I should have light in my house for Shalom Bayez. Number two, to show covered Shabbos that I'm preparing in advance. Number three, I should have Onek Shabbos and enjoy the ambiance of Shabbos once it comes in. All of that is going to be taken care of when I flip the light switch. So I'm going to turn on the lights, 
light my Shabbos candles, and I make a bracha, the Hadik Ner Shabbos, that really goes back on everything I just did. The Iker that I'm saying the bracha on is really the electric lights. And that's the way to get around any of the problem. It's not a bracha levatela to make the Hadik Ner Shabbos, because after all, I'm turning on my electric lights. By turning on the electric lights, that would be sufficient. That would be good enough. Now, that works when you have an incandescent bulb. Why does it work when you have an incandescent bulb? Because that is considered to be H, because that gets hot. The problem now is that now that they're changing the law August 1st, yesterday, and here we are, that we're no longer going to have incandescent bulbs, and now all we're going to have is LEDs that don't get hot. Are LED bulbs really considered to be H? They're not hot. If they don't get hot, it's not H. If it's not H, it means you can't say Lahadik Nershal Shabbos. How are we going to light Shabbos candles in a hotel? You can't light downstairs in the uh, foyer with, that they set up for you. Like Ramosha said, that's a bracha levatela. Nobody's getting any hanar from that at all. You can't light at the table because they may not let you. You can't light candles in your room. Most hotels don't allow it. Some hotels have fragrance candles in the room, so that means they obviously allow you to light something. But many hotels have a law that you're not allowed to light candles in the hotel. So you're not allowed to break the law and do something they don't allow you to do. You're breaking the contract. So that is the major question. What do we do now if we're not going to have bulbs that are going to be available to us to light Shabbos candles with? What do you do when you go away to a hotel? My father is of the opinion that you can't say Lahadik Nashal Shabbos when you light an LED bulb. He said it's the same as let's say I open the windows and my neighbor has light in their house and now light comes in. I, you know, the shades were closed. Now the shades are open. So can I say Lahadik Nashal Shabbos and open the shade? Of course not. That's not called lighting Shabbos candles. That's called making sure that light from an external source will come into my house. And that's the way my father understands LED bulbs, that that would be the same thing. I'm figuring out how to bring light into my house, not by lighting a fire, by something else. That would be the same. That would be the equivalent of opening the shade and getting light from my neighbor. That's not called the Hadlik Nershal Shabbos. And this poses a very, very serious problem. This poses a very, very serious issue that we need to think about. It happens to be in Eretz Yisrael, Tzomet, sells um, these tiny little candles. Rabbi Leibowitz always jokes about the fact that he wants to buy a hundred of them because he said we get these shadows all the time. He wants to just give it to couples. When you're going away on your cruise, when you're going away on your on your hotel for Shabbos, whatever you're going to be doing, take this little set. Now, Tzomet made a, um, a set of candles where, I think he said it was Tzomet, they made a set of candles where all you need to do is uh, turn these little uh, electric bulbs on, but they are electric bulbs that will die out after a certain period of time. And they get hot. So that is considered to be H. That is considered to be something that is acceptable. But as we go further and further into this law, this is certainly going to be something that poses a major problem. But again, part of his question was, so now that we're going to go to a hotel for Shabbos and my wife is not going to be able to light Shabbos candles because she doesn't have the opportunity to do so because of everything we said. Now you're going to tell me she's going to have a knas every Shabbos moving forward? That I don't think is true. Why not? Based on what we said before. Because what we said before was that if it's not my fault for not lighting the Shabbos candles and I have light in the house, we're not losing out as a family as a result of the fact that I didn't light Shabbos candles, then the knas doesn't apply. So therefore, in that scenario, I would say we should try to figure out a workaround, but so long that a person doesn't have the ability to have a workaround because there are no incandescent bulbs, this would not be something that we would impose a knas upon someone for. Yeah? Absolutely. I always tell people to take incandescent bulbs for Shabbos incandescent bulbs with them for Shabbos. Yeah. I always tell people to do it, but it's going to become harder and harder now that they don't sell them in the stores. What? Yeah, they're not going to make them. They're not going to sell them. So 